Hello, hello. Hi. Welcome, welcome to Meet the Sockers, the soccer podcast with Skylar and Jeff. Was that the first real podcast intro we've ever done? I No, it, I mean, it's the same intro, but <laughs> in this case, it's the first one where both of us lacked the energy to mess around at any point during the theme <sighs> song. We just stared just at each other. Yeah. Hey. I was, to be fair, I was frantically trying to get my notes app to work because that's where I have the outline of what we're going to talk about. And mm. the notes app was like, do you want to see some other stuff that isn't right? And I was like, no, I want to see that. And they're like, what about this one? I'm like, just show me it. Do you want to update right now? No, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You seem to be in the middle of a podcast. Is this a good time to shut your life down? <laughs> Every time you open a piece of software and it wants you to update, it's always a bad time. It's never like you're like, you know, I do have an hour to kill. How'd you know? Like, <laughs> <laughs> all right, Skylar. Speaking of having, down. I was gonna say, speaking of having an hour to kill, <laughs> we're getting down to brass tacks. We're not killing any time. It's all killer, no filler, because we're okay. not killing time. This is a stretch metaphor. <laughs> Skylar, would you rather have one point at Chelsea away? or three points at home against the worst team in the league, what was the better result? Two decent results of the weekend, right? But which was the better result? Is that a trick question because we're the worst team in the league? So how could we beat ourselves? <laughs> You're, I will say this, after playing Newcastle United this weekend, you are not the worst team. You're not even the worst team with United in your name. Jeff, I'm just so jaded that I just don't even Carrick anymore. And oh it's, wow! Are you serious? Because I feel like I thought the I thought the Manchester United fans were rallying behind this new this new movement. What happened? Oh, we would be. What happened so, over the past so, few days? So Ole Gunnar Slochar uh, got slowly <laughs> phased out instead mm. of getting let go during the two week international break, which would have been more intelligent and and uh, would have. That is a thought. good point. Wow! They really tipped their hand that they didn't plan this. Go on. They waited until the next game when we got thrashed against Watford, and then Carrick like, has... Now we know enough. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You didn't say you'd lose five times in a row. Um... <laughs> yeah, that's the game. I will say, like, I credit to Arsenal. It takes us forever to fire someone. We give people chances. Like, the teams that don't, like Spurs, crack me up. Because what... I mean, they're just a bunch of idiots. Or, well, it's kind of worked for Chelsea. Their like slice and dice um, methodology if you, yeah. management has. If you has have gotten... an unlimited checkbook, which you know, then it actually is a pretty good strategy because it's always like, oh, there's always something better you could do. It just costs money, a lot of money. Which uh, Manchester United and the New York Yankees at the same time have decided that there's a limit to our appetite for winning, um, <laughs> but. But what they did make a one good move in the decision to get rid of Solskjaer, and I think Darren Fletcher and yeah. uh, I think it's Richard Murtaugh, who is, I guess, the technical director. That we have now, with with our new manager incoming, Ralph uh, Rangnick, I probably won't even be pronouncing his name right for the first few times I say. I need to hear it said by a European to, yeah. to know. But we can compare notes because I bet you the German guys and the English guys are going to say it differently. And I don't think either of them will be right. But if we maybe if we, you know, triangulate, we can make it. Anyway. If we if we triangulate, Jeff, uh, <laughs> I think very that mathematical. Means we need a third person for that or else we're just angulating. Um, <laughs> but but what I'll say is Ralph Rangnick has built multiple uh clubs from basically the ground up uh most okay. notably red bull leipzig 
Uh, can who, I can who, I ask a rude question about this coach? Yeah. How old is he? Is he? Is he oh, I thought you were going to say, is he a racist? And I was going to go, eh. <laughs> well, I mean, that's. I guess if that's a question we should cover, we should cover that too. But seriously, no. I want to know, how old is he? Because I think a lot of how 62? good a coach... It's too old. But here's the reason too he's old. not too old. Well, Brady Airy, but it's too old. The reason he's not too old is, one, he is heavily invested in analytics, which normally would be one of the big problems with an old dog, is that they don't yeah. want computers involved in their job. Yeah. But he is the coach that it that basically began like the German club football revolution that Klopp and Tuchel and okay. Hassan Hudel maybe and Nagelsmann, they all bowed down to him as like their coaching godfather. So but, he But the he thing is, is, if you're the godfather, that's cool, but I feel like there's a lot of people that have taken his ideas and built like is he still? I get that he has the resume, but you actually like your chances betting on him going forward because obviously he's done it in the past. But it's different I, now. People build on what you did. They they come up with a way to beat what you did last year. You know, right? But no one can really use Manchester United's playbook and say, "Well, we're going to beat what they did last year" because last year was total chaos, and this year has been total chaos. So no, but I mean his playbook, like his ideas that he's bringing to the table. You know what I mean? His ideas are more modern than Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's ideas were. It His, wouldn't take much, I suppose. <laughs> pressing. Like, if you do not have any form of press He's right now... pressing. <laughs> he, he kind of was the guy... Like, the reason Klopp has the gig in press is because of Ralph Regnick. So, it, it's about trying to have not just, like, constant sprinting around like a chicken with your head cut off, but moments where they hunt in packs like two or three players will try to corner someone with the ball produce a turnover within eight seconds of us losing the ball yeah and then after winning the ball back scoring a goal within 10 seconds of that because statistically most goals are scored within Hmm. 10 seconds of a defensive end turnover so you're you're going for the turnover and then you're very direct that that's that's the idea and there are questions about like well how do you incorporate ronaldo like how can you mid-season get a team that went from no pressing to like all pressing? Dude. Like that's there's going to be injuries. Dude, imagine, for that. imagine if he was like the the uh, the 12th man or whatever, or the 11th man. You know, imagine if he was like the first guy coming off the bench this year. Well, he just was uh, in. Was it against Chelsea? Dude, my memory. Ronaldo was on the bench for the first 60 minutes I can't of Chelsea. Had... Oh wow! Okay. And then Bold. came on for the last 30 and minutes. And Sancho scored before he came on, right? But let's to quickly summarize that performance. Yeah. 1-1 tie. It sh- could have or should have been 4-1 Chelsea. Uh, I was going to ask you about that because so I didn't watch it, but I was just looking up the stats. Do you know the amount of shots per team? I know Chelsea had like 20 corner kicks and we had one. Chelsea also had 24 shots to year three. <laughs> but De Gea only had to make a couple of saves. Like a lot of those shots were yeah. were, were taken by defenders. Yeah. Um, but 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 I kind of don't care about Chelsea because, yeah, that was either a point gained or two points lost, depending upon how you look at it. But here's the issue. Because United dilly-dallied with, with replacing Ole and getting rid of Ole, Ralph Rangnick, who was... So ideally supposed to be in charge for our match on Thursday, which I'm calling L. Oh, who are you guys playing Thursday? It's L meet the soccer set echo <laughs> or L meet the soccer. Meet the soccer. 
the Jeff Schuyler Derby, uh, Arsenal versus United. Now we should just are... let's just pronounce it the American way: the Jeff Schuyler Derby. <laughs> <laughs> it's meet the soccer's after all. It's, 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 it's commit to the bit. It's Yankees Red Sox is what it is. But but basically, uh, he might now not take control of the team until two and a half weeks from now because of brexit oh, wow. because because he's been in sort of a director of football role for a while uh he doesn't have the recency resume to qualify for like the he's like a top 10 percent talent for like a work permit it's it's like the first time that Brexit's really bit us in the ass, and it wow. will not be the last. Yeah, I was going to say, that is not going to change. And that I, I really wonder in the long term, I mean, this could get us way off track, but will that be a reason that the Premier League lose? You know, does the Premier League become less competitive over the long run? Because they're just not as connected to the labor market of good soccer players and coaches. Like, there's I a lot of good soccer players and coaches from Brazil that aren't on the Brazilian national team. Those guys can't get visas now. You know what I mean? But I would say yes and no. It'll hurt the smaller teams more because they can't go direct to Brazil and get some guy for under 10 million bucks who can grow into a Rodrigo. But if and I, you're if it's, pretending that we're not the smaller teams now compared no, because, to the four teams with more money? Well, our, my team just spent $75 million on Jaden Sancho. So if that yeah. Brazilian player goes to Portugal or Germany and does well, and is one of the better players in their league, then we can buy them. And, and there's less of a work permit issue. Um, but yeah, so Jeff, I give uh, advantage arsenal. Uh, yeah. and I would, even at old Trafford, I would say probably above 50% chance that arsenal wins. Hmm. I mean, I think, I think anything goes now. I think it's such a wild card game. Like there's no, I could definitely see Manchester United winning. I could definitely see Manchester United losing. I don't know. It's a weird game. It's, it's a weird game and it's not one I'm looking forward to, but what I want to tell you is I think that you can finally look forward to this match after Uh, recent years. I don't, I don't, I, cause I feel like here's the thing. There's so many times that we've played you guys over the last, I don't know, pick, chick over the 10, 20, whatever years where we have clearly been having a worse season and then somehow we will end up getting a result. And I feel like the opposite is also true where it's like, I don't know. It's just a game. It's, it's a lot like the North London Derby where it's like, you just can't predict it. Like no matter what the team, no matter what form teams are in, you can throw it all out the window because it's, it's just a weird game. But you could have said that for us about City, Liverpool, Chelsea, and we've looked kind of clueless in all of those matches. We've looked clueless in every match except winning 2 nothing at Villarreal last week, but we still looked clueless for the whole first half. So mm. we've had one not clueless half of football in five matches. It's not a great ratio. And, and nothing has changed. So I would say, Jeff, that... Uh, if I were you, I would bet on Arsenal and not against mm-hmm. them. And if I were me, I would bet on Arsenal just so I could make some money. Are you, of, let me ask you this. I've never asked you this. Are you a betting man when it comes I've to act, sports? I've actually never bet money before. I know. Any betting money at all? My dad had this saying. Wow. I don't know if it was a saying, but it was something he said, which is 
I mean, uh, I guess if you say something enough, it's a saying. And I well, I thought about this while watching Squid Games. I think it applies. <laughs> is is uh, the joy of winning ten thousand dollars is less than the pain of losing a hundred for me. Like the the thought yeah. of just frivolously chucking money in the garbage is really bad, and the thought of winning money at risk yeah. to myself is like okay, I'd be happy to win the money, but I just would rather not play than lose. Yeah. Uh, see, I I definitely have more of a, but see, I don't bet sports either because I just think even if you're good at betting sports, no one's good enough to beat the house because like you have to pay so much money to be in the game that it's like. You'll just never make it back. I don't know. I've definitely like spent some time in casinos. I bet on sports, but I don't. I don't make it a habit of betting on sports, even though I find it endlessly entertaining to debate gambling on sports. Like, like NFL games, where you're like, all right, do you like Tampa plus seven? You know, like I like I can do that all day, and to a lesser extent with football, only because they don't have the spread in football. Do you like that? Is it that you're giving yourself like some skin in the game? Is that why you like it? Is it make watching more enjoyable for you to know there are consequences outside of just the standings? There's, there's, there's that. Sometimes that's the uh, motivation. But then the, the other thing that I like about it, and I like to do this even just discussing it without betting on it, is I like to try to beat the odds makers. You know what I mean? Where it's like, okay, you've set the spread for this game at this, or you set the money line for this game at that. Like, which games, if I bet five of these, which where am I going to hit three or four of them? But mm-hmm. like, the thing is, if you actually do the math, you you can't that's you can't make enough money doing that. But I I just find it fun on the intellectual level. I like <laughs> stupid like AM radio sports talk in America where they sit around and talk the lines with a bunch of gangsters from New Jersey. It's funny. There's no soccer equivalent of that. Like, and we're. I definitely feel like there not must a, be in the UK. Like, have you ever listened to like Talksport? Um, I don't listen to Talksport. I do listen to a number of podcasts, but they range from like mm. com- comedic and entertaining and kind of a show to like just brooding vloggers. Like, it's somewhere in between. <laughs> and sometimes they're sponsored. We're closer to the brooding vloggers side. I think. Oh, we're like, just we don't vlog. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah. we don't vlog. We're just brooding. We're the brood. So, we are so that like, movie, The Brood. Which, did you see? Did anyone see? I'm not familiar with it. Isn't there a movie called The Brood that's kind of like, oh, what's the other one? that it, It's like it's like the knockoff version of the other. Oh, God. The other one's called like, the I don't know. It's like The, the Office. The Office. That's it. <laughs> it's great. Parks and Rec. Um... <laughs> So, all right. So, but betting aside, um, yeah. like, how do you feel? Like, you tell me what you think is going to happen. Well, I don't know. I still think it's unpredictable. I think we have a decent chance. I think also, like, away at Old Trafford in the cold is not easy. Um, and you guys, like, it's like all the stuff that everyone said you guys should have been doing from the get go, like playing Jaden Sancho, like all the stuff. It's like, oh, I guess that works. And I think you'll only, I think you will be a better team during this game. I think there are certain, like you guys have like physical deficiencies this year. You guys have Harry Maguire's, you know what I mean? Like you have like, they're like one. So Tavares, I don't know if you've watched. We have, we have Harry Maguire's. It sounds like something that we need to seek a cure for. You have Harry Maguire's disease, which is Harry (laughs) Maguire playing for your team. That's what the disease is. 
Slab no. head disease. <laughs> he's just too slow to play Premier League football. I get that he's a good soccer player, but he's too, he can't do what he is trying to do. And I think, like, some of that, I think, like, we have this guy, Tavares, that all the Benfica fans, when we bought him, were like, whatever. He is <laughs> Benfica. nothing. Benfica. We bought him Benfica. Benfica? Benfica is a bank or something? I don't Benfica know. Benfica is the medication you take to cure the Harry Maguire's disease once it's yeah, in the yeah, early yeah. stages. <laughs> Benfica. Ask your doctor <laughs> about Benfica. <laughs> Side effects may include slipping, falling, conceding goals, conceding own goals, conceding two yellow cards in five minutes, being dumb, and being an awful captain. And erectile dysfunction. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't I say that? No. <laughs> you gotta mention that at least once in those ads. Um, where were you know, but he is a guy where like we get the ball back and he does a hundred yard dash twenty times a game, and he, and he had an assist last weekend, um, but he just he just brutal, you know what I mean? Like to play against him is to be sprinting the entire game, and he can do it. A lot of players can't, so I I feel like that will be a serious thing because there are certain players that are just. To me, they're just not up to like the fitness standards of the Premier League, you know, and the athleticism yeah. standards of the Premier League. But I still, I think it could, I think it's absolutely anybody's ballgame. I think you will, first of all, control the, the match. So I'm thinking Arsenal are going to have north of 55% possession in your house. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Because that's what I just saw happen multiple times in a row, including Watford. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, that's a good point. That's Dude, a good point. Are, if Watford we, get it, then we're going to get it. Unless you guys play very differently. It's like when you see a car that is in the process of breaking down. It's still moving forward, <laughs> but it's making sounds that n- you're not getting to the gas station. It's very clear. So mm-hmm. if if Ralph is delayed by even two weeks by, because of this shit, that's multiple games that the Glazers and Ed Woodard have officially cost us points in. Like, we... Like, if he had already bedded in, we might yeah. have won Watford. We might yeah. have won Chelsea. Because, honestly, Chelsea were atrocious at finishing. Atrocious. Yeah. And you said, and shot selection, I guess. was Like, they were just sort of, they were well, just like, in your end chucking it. Timo Werner basically had a kind of half-open net, and he hit it with the outside of his foot across the goal and missed by, like, 15 feet. Wow. Like, I don't think he's a good player (laughs) but but they are a good team though you gotta give them they are a fantastic team this year if obama yang is up for it i'm calling this as like two nil which sadly the last i kind of wonder if he's gonna play in this game he's had a couple stinkers in a row like he's missed a few sitters I actually think he's still doing fine. It's just him. Like he he's a Cavani. He's a guy that like he scores once Easy. every five chances. And no, Cavani Cavani has been better than a lot of our players. He's gotten a shit uh, run of things by the Ronaldo signing. He he would have been starting two thirds of our matches otherwise. Yeah, I don't know. I think that uh, like Cavani to me, I admire him as a player, but he's a guy where he has to generate five chances for every goal he scores. You know what I mean? Like he's not a guy who finishes well. He just creates chances. And I think Aubameyang is the same way. And he's had a couple bad games in a row because he'll have like three shots and he should have scored one. But he just like, I don't know. He he uses the force. He does not play by. 
Whereas Ronaldo, I think, only needs two chances to score one. But he's an incredible we, finisher. But can we generate those chances? Like, yeah, Bru- Bruno trying to like do any sort of high risk passing could at this point he he's not playing as well as he was last year. Uh, he's only got four goals. I think he hasn't. He's only scored one goal in his last like eleven matches or twelve matches. Like he's way down on that. So clearly. There's a bit of like artery congestion with with Ronaldo at the top, sort of sitting there and hoping that he's gonna like get passed into space or something. So we we will generate less chances than you. You're right. If Aubameyang doesn't put him away, then you're not scoring goals. But I think he will. If anything, Jeff, on this podcast right now, I'm wow. making a zero dollar wow. prediction. First time, first time ever. Wow. A zero dollar prediction. Big gamble. Wow, wow, wow. Obama Yang brace is what I'm guessing is going to happen. I, I honestly, I, I think Obama Yang might be a sub. Um, that, that could still happen, Jeff. <laughs> I could see, you know what I could see it being? I could see it being the young boys again. I could see it being the Sakas and the Smith Rose and those kind of guys. Welcome to meet know. the Sokka. So Jeff, tell us. <laughs> what, <laughs> what, what, what should we expect from Sokka? Is it trickery? Is it direct pace? Is he like, Rashford's incumbent. You know what? He reminds me of Harry Kane, where like he's actually better than you think he. Like when you watch him, you're like, okay, he like tries hard. You know what I mean? But then you like look at his numbers, and you're like, no, he's actually really, really good. But like, he's not. He's not the best dribbler. He's not the fastest guy. But he just, I, I think he has finisher? a good. He's a okay finisher. Like, but, but the thing that I think that he's good at, he's like. He's just a smart player. Like he knows how to use what he has. Like he's not I don't know. I don't think he's ever going to be messy, but like he's a really like clever player and he knows how to use his athleticism and like get into good spots. Like I don't know. He's scoring goals, he's creating a lot of chances like him and Smith Rowe. The guy that I worry about is Odegaard. I wonder if he will play against you guys. And he's going to have to play soon because well I don't know. This is kind of a transition. I want to talk to you about the African Cup of Nations. I have not uh, been invited to participate. <laughs> no, you don't so have don't, any eligibility. I no, I you don't mean, have but, any Gabonese no. uh, nationals in your family, or they have. No. They've offered me a lot of money. Um, no, um, basically, <laughs> I, I don't have any. What I what I mean to say is, I don't have any background info. So, so I'll talk to you about what I think it means in terms of impacting the Premier League, but like I don't well, that's, know who's that's the thing. Win. I don't know anything about Afcon. Oh, but okay. I, 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 what I'm interested in is a bunch of players. Seemingly, half the players on the team called Arsenal are going away <laughs> for weeks. You know what I mean? And so, what happens now? Same for Liverpool, who would who would be losing two of their best. Four players, arguably. Two so, of the best strikers in the league, or two of the best forwards in the league. Mane and Salah are going to be gone for, what is it? Is it a month or is it longer than a month? Ah, that's a great question. I'm going to Google that right now. I'm going to pretend like this is the Joe Rogan show and I'm Jamie. Um, We're just going to lose Eric Bailly, so we'll be the same fine mess uh, during that period of time. Yeah. I saw you guys aren't losing too much. We're losing everyone. We're losing Pepe. We're losing... Party, we're losing. Wait, um, Pepe's not French. Why did I think he was French? I think he like. Ba- I think in real life he is French. He like grew up in France. I think he's even played for their like under nineteen national team or something. But I think he plays for Cote d'Ivoire. And then they're kind of they're the they're the African like Yankees, uh, Ivory Coast. 
like they have they have some players, man. Um, but even back yeah. to like Drogba, they've been Drogba, like consist- yeah. they've been consistently producing like players that go elsewhere and play in great leagues. For so sure. like, I would and that's who buy that's Bayi's nation. I do yeah. believe. Um, we got. I mean, we got a El Neni who plays for Egypt and Egypt. They've also been like great in recent years. Obviously, having Mo Salah up front when you're playing. Cameroon or whatever, like that gives you a bit of an advantage. Um, would you would you disagree? Just obviously, we both we both have like sort of tertiary knowledge of the African national teams that will be attending. Mm-hmm. But yeah. like, my impression is that being a powerhouse in the African Cup of Nations is like it feels like the United States women's national team from the '90s and early 2000s, where it's like your greatness is exacerbated or exaggerated by the fact that you're competing against other nations who don't even have like full programs and don't even have like full funding. There's like a, there's a big gap between like Ivory coast, Egypt. Uh, I'd even want to say like Nigeria, Nigeria is always a threat. Uh, And it's, and it's interesting because like some of the teams, you know, like, like Adebayor came from Togo. Like it's interesting how some of like these amazing, huge players have come out of this, these really tiny places that, you know what I mean? It's a, I don't know. It's a weird turn that way. Lewandowski syndrome where it's like <laughs> average, average, best ever. Like that's kind of like the, that's Poland. Poland doesn't have very many great players, but Lewandowski should have won the most recent ball and door. Ballin' door. Ballin'. Instead, Messi got it as like a, hey, we just wanted to let you know we still really like you a lot award. Dude, so it's looking like January 8th to February 6th they're going to be out. So solid month. But is that is that when they're it's playing or is that including travel or like... Is I there mean, and that's all the way to the final. So I guess like if your guy gets knocked out early, he comes home. I don't know. I mean, it'll be interesting to see the impact on the league. I don't think that that's going to help us as much as it will hurt Liverpool. It's, it's going to hurt Liverpool you. and Arsenal a lot, dude. Chelsea, I don't think, from what I'm in my brain, I don't think Chelsea will get hurt by that. So we might see Chelsea and City basically just entrenched in the top yeah. spot or two. And Liverpool as like a, a, a close third. And then fourth is like... The hell! It could be West Ham. It could be you know what I mean. Like it might it might be West Ham. They're they're continuing to punch above their weight. I'm sorry, we're uh, I digress. Back to back to you. So you want to talk about African Cup of Nations? Is it? Well, I mean, this is the part that I wanted to talk about, though, is because like the truth is, like everyone else in the world, I don't watch African Cup of Nations. But the fact that it has this big of an effect on the thing that I do watch, I I find fascinating. Um, I mean, Arsenal in particular, like we just have so many African players and I think that it shows the team's overall strategy that like, we're really not, this is not the team that we think is going to win the league because otherwise they would have had more cover. Like they know that this is a thing where we're going to play a bunch of 19 year olds for a month and see what happens. And it may knock us out of the European places even, but I mean, you're right. It's I, I, I'm sitting here being like, oh, to be in the European places, to so you could even be worried <laughs> about being knocked out. But I get from a recency perspective, Jeff, this is your moment, and, and you should be able to have it because moments think, are fleeting. Yeah. We haven't been there very long, and I'm not sure we're going to stay there very long. Well, because I mean, here's the other. Here's the thing: we've Arsenal have had this nice little run lately that has kept me off of suicide watch, but. Mm-hmm. In the, do you know how many games we have in the next month? 
a lot. Well, I mean, we eight, all do. The, eight. The, I mean, you probably have eight too, right? That's it's crazy. Nine, it's nine in 20-something days. It's like nine in 26 days or oh something. That's insane. Which I think that's the main topic to pull out of this is, I mean, we, we mentioned it before, but we love watching our teams. Too much football is bad for football. Yes. And dude, like this AFCON thing, it, like, it, like think about a guy like Party. He's been injured and not for the last year and a half. Now he's going to go and play eight games in a row in December. Then he's going to go play how, you know, like a World Cup schedule for AFCON. Then, you know what I mean? Like when he comes back, we're going to need him. So he's going to go right back in the lineup and he's going to have three months without any proper breaks. And he's, of course, he's going to do something. It's going to hurt something. And an abbreviated summer because the season begins earlier because we have a winter World Cup because nobody thinks about anything. That is crazy. So when does the season start this year? August 6th or something? Hey, I got a child wandering into the podcast. Hey, Faye, you need to go to bed. Meet the soccer children. Meet the soccer children. A soccer podcast. Love you. That we have evidence on last. (laughs) That was good anti-king, Skylar. Way to keep the people people going. Buy some time. I put the anti in antic. Good hold-up play. <laughs> I'm the drug of, of dragging this podcast into the offensive third, Jeff. Yeah. Well, another, another, another great transition, because if you're talking about strikers with hold-up quality over the weekend, Kareem Benzema. Hold up. Game. <laughs> That's the segment name is Hold Up, where we just talk about hold up forwards. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. <laughs> um, no, no, no. So Kareem Benzema has scored 361 goals in top flight football now. How many One of those goal- were, the, were the result of sexual blackmail? <laughs> or Ronaldo just running by people and then giving it to Kareem. Here's Pass your pity goal. Kareem, that feels like something from basketball. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar Benzema has um, he so he scored one goal more than Thierry Henry now and then let's look at the I want to read the exact quote of the tweet that he tweeted where is it I have this tweet oh no Thierry Henry is uh, not a very good football player I am much yeah. better by one goal and uh, possibly I, uh, more. I fart on his legacy and uh, I hope that he know that uh his mother was a hamster, and uh, his father smelt of elderberries. Yeah. Okay. I do not have the quote. Um, Google the essentially, essentially, what he said is like, he said, look, I am the best soccer striker. I can't believe I just said soccer striker. I'm the best striker in French history. Really? Because he had one goal. And like when I first saw it, I thought, oh, this is a meme. Like People have put these words in his mouth. No, it's it's his. I went to his account. It's there. Nicholas and Elka's like, no, wait, wait one minute there. Okay? <laughs> Damn, Nasri's like, what the fuck, <laughs> nasty Nas, and he's about to get ethered by nasty he's like, Nas. He's not even a striker. He's just you know, heavy. <laughs> he's just large. But it does. It it makes me wonder. Like, do you have a strong feeling one way or the other on Kareem Benzema's place in like the football pantheon? It feels like he's only gotten really good in his 30s, doesn't it? Like, that's been kind of the impression. Like, he's mm-hmm. always been sort of a, like, a, an accessory striker to someone else who, like, would 
score all yeah. the goals and typically get all the glory, whether it be Raul. I mean, was was he the, uh, the second figure? Like Higuain was yeah. like like he was, was he second fiddle to him? I I feel like it was kind of the way that Roberto Bobby Firmino is at Liverpool, where he's like a forward who does a lot of work and makes a lot happen, and other people score way more because of him, whether it's from assists or not. Mm-hmm. But then when Ronaldo left, I think Benzema was just like, okay, I'll just shoot from now on. And like he started scoring now more he's goals. Like dropping bombs. Hmm. But he's, I, I don't, I don't agree with him. It's, yeah. Maybe I'm not qualified to even answer that. Because but it's, of, it's obviously Olivier Giroud, right? Like Olivier Giroud's like, um, <laughs> my haircut would beg to disagree. This is a $500 <laughs> haircut. I have a giant slab forehead. I am the Harry Maguire of French forwards. There, there might also just be some like, you know, Jeff, you and I both have one conscience that we collectively share. And the, 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 is it Valbuena? You do the work there on conscience. It's mostly yours that I get a little piece of. Well, no, but I'll bring up the issue and then I'll say something detrimental to the issue. And you'll be like the, the, the thin red line. <laughs> um, you out of trouble. But the, it was, was it Matthew Valbuena? Was that who it was? Oh, it was yeah. It, that Kareem Benzema had blackmailed his teammate with what exactly? Like, it was a sex tape. Okay. Which now it's like now in 2020, it's like that would just go up on OnlyFans, but like the soccer section of OnlyFans. Yeah. OnlyFans is the new Instagram. So basically, <laughs> it, it, it like if if you've ever been like a potentially blackmailed by like a, a dating app scammer <laughs> for the <laughs> podcast, hand was raised. Uh, it's easy to disregard that because it's like, okay, so what is someone going to know that I had like very respectful, passionate sex with someone? <laughs> Great. I want people to know that I'm telling yeah. them. Yeah, um, exactly. But, but the fact is that Benzema, he had a, was it an eight month ban for that? Right. And, and then he came missed, back. He missed, was it the Euro or he missed a big tournament because of it. it Maybe in the world cup even. I don't, I don't recall, but you're right. It was, I think one of them. But then he comes back and he plays well. But, like, say he's great. I kind of don't like him. I kind of don't want to give him that gratification. I, even I definitely true. get bad vibes from him. But I also, like, I'd like to think that I could be objective enough and just, like, say, well, just the facts, ma'am. Is he the best striker? And I, I can't be objective because, obviously, I'm always going to have a bias towards Thierry Henry. But, like, I think Thierry Henry was, a like, I guess it depends on how you judge a player. To me, more skilled. Thierry Henry had some of the greatest seasons a striker has ever had. Kareem Benzema has been pretty good for a long time. You know what I mean? And eventually they started to accumulate similar stats. But I think there were a lot of seasons where people were scared to death to play Henry. I I don't remember that for Benzema in the same way, you know? Or how about... Like if you if you just even look at the the competition that he might be putting himself against, there's a lot of people who yeah. would disagree with him. Like Eric Cantona, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there, I mean, there are other players who I think also played more, maybe more advanced attacking midfield roles and stuff. But like Jerkayev, yeah. um, who else? Fuck. Um, I'm just going through now, like the black and white photos, <laughs> and I'm rec recognizing less of the names so maybe he might have some point yeah, yeah. i mean but who knows though like the actual best soccer player in 1950 i'm sure i don't know his name 
But most of Come his bragging, most of his bragging is that he's just been at Madrid for a long time. Like well, that's the other thing is like how much credit do you give a guy who, you know, he it's like a Jaguar that car. It's a it's a machine that is so fragile and every part is so special and yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's like well a lot of people would be scoring twenty five goals a season playing there. You know, I I race better on the autobahn than you could. do. I honestly yeah. think Giroud could, or like could have. You know, like the last Anelka? five years. Anelka, I would even say Mbappe is already yeah. on that short list, and he's only 21. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Griezmann? Eh, it's, that's a good shout. I, yeah. Anthony Martial? No, sorry. Sorry. Both, Gr- both sorry. Griezmann and Mbappe scare me more than Benzema. I'd rather play against Benzema. Like, so he, there's no argument that he's not like been even a very effective. Team, he's not. Yeah, he's yeah, very he, good. Don't get me wrong. Very good, but to, but also, who says that? Even if you are the best player ever, like you don't hear Christian Pulisic dropping his balls on the table as much as he already could, because he's the best player ever. At twenty two, he's a he, goat. At twenty two, he's the best American player so far in the history of this nation. Yeah, but but you know who doesn't talk about that? Like a good team player who's not a dick. Who like? Yeah, someone who actually like has their sights set on more than that too. Who like is not reveling in that accomplishment. Marcus Rashford has done a thousand press interviews over the last year. None of them have been about how good he is at soccer. <laughs> True. So that should put that should put Benzema into a little perspective. That like the fact that he felt the need to do that. I don't know if he was asked that by a radio host or something, and he just said, "Oh, maybe I am." Like I don't know what the context was. If he was like provoked into answering that, but if he volunteered it, then that's kind of like a douchey thing to do. It it was more than kind of a douchey thing to do. I think. I mean, yeah. When it, when I saw it, I was just I was blown away. But yeah. What if you don't win an Oscar and then you like I should have won an Oscar? Like that's like it's just considered kind of classless and a faux pas, which is a French word he should know. Classless, wee <laughs> wee. Oui, oui. <laughs> yeah, yeah, classless. That's a good French word. Wee oui, wee, oui, which is what he got a tape of Matthew Valbuena doing. Uh, <laughs> it does make you wonder like do you think like do you think Matthew Valvena is just like a very conservative dude and it's like very normal like respectful sex happening on the tape or do you think it was like pretty fucked I think it's missionary of vision is scary to start a revolution polluting the airwaves is what I think wow. what happened that's quite poetic I'm gonna have to break that down I'm a stall from Mr. Uh, M und M <laughs> M and M, one of my favorite German rappers. Speaking of German rappers, um, <laughs> do you want to play a, a new segment called "Is That Racist"? <laughs> I'm not very good at this game. I'm not very good at this game, but I will play. So, yes, of course, so. this is just switching from uh, French sexploitation and blackmail to German coach racism. I feel like. Is only one good segue away. I just don't have it. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll so take let, it. Let me read this to you. So so Rangnick is actually sixty three, and um, let's see. Back in two thousand and eighteen, mm-hmm. he waded in on a racism row involving ex Arsenal star Mesut Ozil, mm. and he said he believed that football should try to stay out of political positions, which this might have been about uh, Ozil playing for Turkey. Is that possibly it? Or was it like support for Erdogan? Erdo, Erdo, well, Erdogan? I think it's Erdogan. But 
Erdogan. Um, Mr. Erdogan. Um, no, I do like. I I I am not an expert on Turkish politics, so I won't weigh in. But I know that a lot of people have believe that Mesut Ozil has problematic views and has like he has supported Erdogan. And I don't. I, I have a feeling that's pretty bad. But like I said, I'm not an expert on Turkish politics. So I don't want to play that game. Um, but yeah. I do, I do think that he may have a little bit of skeleton in his closet that way. So I'm not sure if that's really right. Is that the racist thing? Well, t- I think that the context matters, and I'm not finding an article that's giving me everything in one place. Yeah. But this is a tweet from a, uh, whatchamacallit, checkmarked journalist named Ronan Murphy. Okay. And he's basically, I'll, re- I'll read you the quote and then his take on it. So the quote from German Football Daily Ralph Rangnick doesn't want to set any signs against racism or take a political stance in the future at RB Leipzig, unlike all the other Bundesliga clubs. He says football can basically bring a lot together, even topics that would be difficult to unite. And then goes on to basically just say that like doing the like kneeling, it's basically, he sounds like an American Republican football coach. Yikes. Um, But the, the journalist says, this quote is absolutely astonishing. Basically, Ralph Rangnick and RB Leipzig won't stand against racism because he doesn't think, he doesn't think football and politics should mix. Racism mm. isn't politics, for fuck's sake. And I think if you look at Marcus Rashford as just an example, like, sport and politics do mix, but it's not politics like trying to win votes. It's like human rights. So it's yeah. like... Absolutely. Sports, sports, and human rights do mix. So, considering racism, politics is yeah, they'll they'll have some interesting conversations in the locker room. Him and Marcus. Half of his team is black. Like I, I don't understand how you can be a coach and have perspective like that. Having to even just gotten to know all these people and like like made friendships and relationships. Like how could you have a small minded view like that and be regular? I mean. Maybe the hmm. fact that he's mostly coached in Germany and Russia means he's mostly had Caucasian teams. But yeah, but is that even? I mean, maybe in Russia, I don't think that's even true in Germany. But they're not gonna follow him through brick walls if the hmm. players even suspect him of being a racist. So I'm, I'm worried. Yeah, that is not that is not a great start. Another thing that comes, there is a loose correlation there between that and my first question, which is. How old is he? 63. You know I mean? <laughs> but, like, a lot of 63-year-old dudes have some problematic views. Even if they have a heart of gold, they just haven't thought through it in the same way. You know what I mean? They grew up in different time, different views. It's basically, he's, he's saying this from a position of, like, total white privilege of, like, well, racism doesn't affect me, so I don't think we need to be addressing it. <laughs> I haven't noticed any racism today. It's a beautiful day. Yeah, it's like 70. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't know. Not great. Not but a great start. If it was you, if it was you, would that bother you? If it was for Arsenal, would that really bother you? I mean, I don't know. I think one quote on Twitter, in the newspaper, whatever. Like, there's a little bit of benefit of the doubt that you got to give them because they're often misquoted or the context is just a little bit off or something like that. Um, but for me, it would concern me even just whether or not he ever said it or whether or not he is a racist, like those are going to be problems in the long run. But in the short run, it would concern me just like the players have clearly seen this. If you've seen it. And like you said, like, I think with a lot of them, it's not going to sit well. So he's going to start at a deficit. Right. You know, he's going to have to earn back some trust. 
it's it's interesting it's interesting to think about the fact that he currently is not coaching against Arsenal on Thursday because of Brexit, which is at its heart a racist political movement. So yeah. racism has finally impacted the 63-year-old white German in a selfish way. That's yeah. kind of funny. Yeah, hashtag, uh, what's that What's that subreddit? Leopards ate my face? Check yeah, but out. I didn't think the leopard was going to eat my face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have voted for leopards for years, but what I didn't know... I actually it, it, suffer, Jeff, from leopardcy. And uh, my tail has been growing. You've been a leopard colony for a while, right? Yeah, my diet's become more insatiable. <laughs> it's you have very, you have very nice looking spots. I'll tell you that. I can't really do it anymore with Invisalign. Invisalign really ruins a lot of good big cat impressions. <laughs> it's pretty funny. What else is going on? Did you have more agenda? I was going to say, we worked pretty quickly through, uh, we worked through AFCON. We talked about the eight games that our clubs are going to play in December and how it's going to ruin them. Wait a we minute. Benzema being a jerk. Jeff, um, are you saying we finished inside of 45 minutes? Because my team hasn't done that in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Wait, drums. Thank you. <laughs> He'll be here all week. Um, but yeah. Um, I mean, we've already kind of covered the prediction. Can we, can we do you some recreation? Gonna win. Can we do a little rec, a little rec soccer, a little meet the rec soccer's? Meet the recreational soccer players. So, what are, what are what's going on in your recreational soccer life? Well, I'm not playing. I'm still. I've oh, been okay. injured for like this whole year. It's been horrible. Or I would Arsenal, be playing Arsenal DNA. But what I meant to say was one, uh, Major League Soccer. My second team, the New England Revolution. Mm. Won the supporter shield, set a MLS point record with Bruce Arena mm. at the helm. Their designated players, meaning the the three players they have that don't count against the salary cap that they still mm-hmm. have to spend a lot of money on, they the three of them together had sixty six goal contributions out of just Jeez. three DPs, and the next the the number two team on the list had half of that at thirty three. Wow! So their big three players are great. They are about to play against New York City FC. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. The Revolution, because they earned a, a buy in the playoffs, they didn't have to do any sort of like play-in mm-hmm. round. They, they had a buy through the, I think it's the semis. I think now they're just in the Eastern Conference Finals, but they have not played competitive soccer in a month. Yeah, that's going to be tough. Uh, like it, it's a it's, it I think I look at it as a handicap. Hamstring. It smells like pulled hamstring. Or or it just smells like they're just none of their passes are going to be going Rhythm, where they're meant to. Rhythms off. Yeah. Rhythms going to be so off. I'm, but but it's it's in New England, so it mm-hmm. should be Siberian temperature right now. I'm hoping that snowball. <laughs> yeah, and it's going to be on. I guess the turf at uh <laughs> at uh, Foxborough wow. or Gillette, whatever the hell it's called. Um. So that's happening. Hope they win. Go Revolution. They've never won an MLS Cup. They've gone to the finals a number of times, mostly with Taylor Twellman. Um, but yeah, hope hope they win. Hmm. Have you have you played any FIFA in in recent times? Um, it depends on what you mean by that. I played FIFA like a half hour ago, but it was <laughs> it was it was literally FIFA twenty. Ooh. because I'm that cheap. And then now that Austria has locked things down, I can't go out and buy it. 
And also, I don't have an Austrian credit card, so I can't buy it online either. So oh, right shit. now, I just can't get the new FIFA. Um, so I'm playing the old version. Dude, I think you can connect PayPal to PlayStation accounts to pay. Maybe. We'll see if that flies in Austria. I think you can because that's, I think, how I do it. So just okay. if, if you can, I would I would try that. It just it, it for your own benefit. So but, I um, keep living in the past. When are we going to get... Have they changed penalties and made them dumb in this new game? It's like a new I, system you have I, to learn? I miss... I About more than half of my penalties get saved at this oh, point. I it's really that. hard. It's I really hard. I hate that. I've scored one free kick goal ever. Ooh, I'm actually... I, every every two years, I get decent at free kicks. Just in time to get the new game and suck. It's whatever we play. Uh, for the for the listeners at home, Jeff and I <laughs> played at the beginning of the pandemic, I think, once. And it ruins Skyler's life. I, like, threw my controller at the wall because, like, I, I feel like I deserve to win. But Jeff basically just, like, counterattacked me to death and and legitimately beat the crap out of me. I think it was, like, three to two, and I, like, ate. And you were up 2-0 in, like, the 70th minute or something <sighs> crazy. Dude, watch that. And, That's the exact. And it was it was MLS teams, and it was me playing as United, aka DC. DC. So yeah. it was me using Rooney against you. So just the levels of irony, and it was not cool. And it was me with the uh, awful New England Revolution, the pre uh, Bruce Arena. I think it was the Brad Friedel New England Revolution. Were they awful in the game? Yeah, I mean that. Like, even compared to other MLS teams. Like, they wow. mostly were, like, players in the 60s. Brave choice, Skylar. I think FIFA, honestly, undervalues and underrates MLS players. Like, to a point where it's, like, when, when you have, like, a Premier League team come yeah. over here and play, like, we're winning, like, a good portion of those matches. Not all of them. Uh, not, maybe Certainly. not even half of them. But we're winning a good amount. So our players should be in, like, the low 70s rank like ratings and they're instead like a lot of mls players like 60 to 68 and i'm like that's you get, like crazy like 50s where you're like all right yeah. you just think this guy can't run like <laughs> yeah they, they make them have a stamina that's like post post covid 19 <laughs> like they can't walk up the stairs they have long covid it's major long covid soccer yeah but but I'm like wait. And when I was in high school, I feel like I could run for longer than this FIFA player yeah. is allowed. To run. Like, like we can replace this guy with literally anyone. I noticed that also even for great players. Like uh, in my current game, I bought Hot Tottenham's Brian Heal or Brian Geel or whatever his name is. He's like a 19, mm-hmm. 20 year old player that they just spent a bunch of money on in the summer, I think, okay. or or even in the last winter window. And he's young and he's growing and he's not supposed to be great right away, but like. He maxes out at a 58 stamina out of 100. This is a professional blue chip, like a player that could be a real good player for them. And like they just think he can't run for more than one half of a match. It's like that. uh, Do you remember that Ethan Albright letter? What's that? Who's that? What's that? Who's that? Ethan Albright was the long snapper for the former, you know, now the Washington football team, formerly a different name. Um, And anyway, he. There was this fake like satirical letter from him that went around the internet where he wrote to Madden because he was they made him like a 20 and running speed or something. And he was like, do you think that I just like put my shoelaces in my mouth and trip over my like it was really funny. Like, I don't know. Well done. Google the Ethan Albright letter. To you, know how, you, know, you know, how players really like secretly amongst each other like they all really care about the specific stats that fifa gives them gives their totally. player 
they'll like they show up on there, man. They, yeah, they they play it too, and yeah, they exactly. hate when, they hate when they feel like the player when they're playing as themselves and they're getting like the Stephen Hawking version of themselves. But like, I know <laughs> I know that there are professional like um, data, like I don't know what the right word is, but like analytics and data companies that will like put you through tests and like they'll be able to quantify like how fast is this player, how good is he at sharp turns, how good is he at re- reacting or pivot, like all the little things they can quantify. Mm -hmm. And then you've got FIFA who I'm guessing is using like some sort of scouting network, like maybe the same one that football manager uses, Mm -hmm. but those two things are not connecting. Like imagine if you're Paul Pogba, would you not pay just $50,000 to show up for a day at like a sports training facility and they put you through the FIFA exam. And what you get at the end of it is your accurate, FIFA stats line by line by line by line by line. If I was Pogba, I wouldn't do that. No, he totally would do that. Oh my God. He would spend triple that to then get like the, the adjusted, like they carry around those FIFA ultimate team shields that have like the summary of the stats on it. Like they bring that shit home already. So cool. If they did that, actually, I would watch that all day on ESPN, the Ocho. I would pay way less than that to do the like, the plebeian version of it. Like I'd want to see what my actual FIFA stats are as a joke. Three. Yeah. But like, let's say it's that like, all right, well I'm, I know I'm getting myself into, but yeah, (laughs) but I, I I think that if they had facilities that just had like the series of tests set up, like you could probably administer that in like hundreds and hundreds of different places. Yeah. And I think people would pay for it. I just don't have the connections to turn it into a business right now, or I would just become rich. Damn it, because I was about to invest. You can you can invest in this podcast by getting us a better thumbnail for our podcast. <laughs> I have made inquiries. We will have a better thumbnail very soon. Meet the freelance designers. <laughs> the freelance designers that keep the world running. You're like, I've got an interesting design brief for you. It's for a podcast that probably won't last. Uh, <laughs> but don't... Don't do any rhyming in the design because we don't know. We don't. We don't. We don't know how to. Yeah. <laughs> Why does right this over brief end with the word pew? The word pew. <laughs> um, all right. I actually think Jeff. Uh, I, I know think last that time we. we were, yeah, last time we did an hour and a half. I think this time we're going to do a nice. No, I think we fifty-five nice. minutes. It's the the Donnie Vanderbake special. Perfect timing. All right. Well done, uh, sir. Good podcasting. Do you have any pluggables? Yeah, I'm plugging Thanksgiving, Jeff, because I was thankful for my I think friendship. You're a little with late. You. Oh, I'm thankful for my friendship with you. I'm plugging and my her. Twitter account at fake Jeff Fitkin. Skylar at come up with shit. I want to pretend like we're a real podcast. Yeah, if anyone wants to follow me, I signed up for Twitter way too late and got like no followers. So I have yeah. very funny things to say that only Jeff occasionally likes. As a pity like boom. Dude, I'll take pity likes from women also. It's not it's not I could use a me. few pity likes from you, man. Come on, spread the Aww. love. I admire like you. It's gross. <laughs> oh, that is gross. Even grosser than a pity like. You should see a pity no up. <laughs> the next level beyond pity like is pity love. Shitty like. That's the worst. Shitty like? Yeah. That's when you like your coworkers, but you don't want to hang out with them. Yeah, please don't let them see that I like it. All right, I guess I'll I'll be live texting with you on Thursday. All right.
Man, are we, man? I was gonna say, are we li- texting? Are we live? Uh, 